Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. It wasn't long ago we had suffered an 8.0 earthquake in southern Oaxaca. And a friend of mine who I came to appreciate, a retired engineer from NASA who had helped develop communication systems between satellites and uh, the Patriot missiles. After he retired from NASA, he decided that he wanted to give years of his life to missions endeavors, and he came to Oaxaca to help us do earthquake relief. As we were driving home one evening, I turned to him and I said, uh, what do you think it takes to become a, a fruitful, productive missionary? And he said to me in his southern drawl, Brother Mike, I think you just need to love Jesus and, and love people. And I, I let this dramatic pause just move through the car and I said, uh, what if you applied that same criteria to being an engineer at NASA? To be a good engineer, all you need to do is love Jesus and love people. How would that work? Another dramatic pause, and he said, well, I don't think it's the same. Well, how about if uh, we apply that criteria to a, a surgeon who's going to... Uh, all he needs to do is love Jesus and love people. Or what about the pilot at... Cleveland Hopkins Airport to get that thing off the ground. Just needs to love Jesus and love people. How about some of you that are in the construction business to be really good and to, you just need to love Jesus and love people. And you might be saying the same thing this morning. Well, it's really not the same. Jesus said that he would build his kingdom and the gates of hell would not prevail. But who does he use to build his kingdom? We've heard it over and over this morning that he has an army, right? He's using us. And he has an army. We've heard that several times this morning in the prophetic word, in the singing. In the kingdom of God, are effective soldiers only those who know how to love Jesus and love people? Has it, does it have anything to do with learning how to pray? Does it have anything to do with learning the word of God? Does it have anything to do with ministry skills? You have a wonderful pastor here who loves Jesus and loves people and a, and a pastor's wife who loves Jesus and loves people, right? But looking out across this wonderful congregation, I'm guessing you've learned a few skills over the years, right? A few, yeah. You know, Pastor Aaron came to visit us 15, almost 16 years ago. Uh, his little boy was only one years old. And uh, we were living out in the middle of nowhere. And we know that because there was a sign that said, you're living in the middle of nowhere right there. And we did door-to-door -door, uh, evangelism with, these, with him as a youth pastor and young people. You know, it's hard to believe 
that uh, you're going to be celebrating 20 years of marriage this summer. You know, and I hope you go somewhere nice and you do it right, okay? Let's make sure that they, they celebrate 20 really well this year, right? Some of you older ones, make sure they get it right, okay? How does that sound? Yeah, we got a thumbs up from... Uh... So you see, 20 years of marriage, it takes some skill, right? It's more than just loving Jesus and loving people. There's some skill involved. And it's the same in building the kingdom of God and in doing missionary work. And in the assemblies of God, there is this new thrust that says, we need as many soldiers as possible, but we're going to train them to be as effective as possible so that they can go as far as possible and do as much as possible under the power of the Holy Spirit. How does that sound? And I'm not speaking for just my wife and I. I'm speaking for all of the missionaries that you support. They're wonderful people. They're not only people who love Jesus and love, love people, but they are missionaries who are working hard at learning the skills required to do what is required around the world. And I can't take time to, to explain all that because I really want to preach and I, it probably sounds like I've already started preaching, but the point is the enemy hates that because a skilled laborer, a skilled laborer is better than five unskilled laborers who don't know what they're doing. And so the enemy works very, very hard to disrupt and to interrupt. And that's why my wife and I, we're going to stand before you this morning humbly and ask Pastor and his wife if they would come and lay hands on us and anyone else that you might invite up. Would you please? Absolutely. Absolutely. Those from our board, Pastor James Taylor, will you come as well? And uh, come on, let's lay hands on them. And uh, yeah, and begin to pray. Yeah, come on. Congregation, will you stretch your hands forward as well? And just begin to pray. If you have prayer language, you begin to pray in your heavenly prayer language. Come on, let's just begin to seek the Lord right now. Begin to call on him. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just call on you. Lord, we know that you are calling forth. Mike and Ilona, you are giving them a new station of ministry, a new station, God, where they are part of raising up and training up the next generation of those that you are calling to missions around the world, that, God, you have a plan and a purpose far beyond that you're about to multiply the ministry, Lord, that you have been doing in and through them in the nation of Mexico. And now you're going to take that and you're going to multiply that to the nations through these missionaries that they're a part of raising up and training up and taking the skills that they have learned and the call that you placed upon their lives. Father, we just pray. We know the enemy does not want the, the, them moving forward the way you have called them to. The enemy will come against them. And so we come against the enemy in Jesus' name. We pray for a fresh anointing in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit to overshadow them. And we pray, Lord, for a hedge of your protection around them. We pray for open-door opportunities and open hearts and that, God, you will use them mightily as they pour in and as they pour out. Oh, God, we just pray the power of your Holy Spirit over the Hattingers right now in Jesus' name. Empower them. Encourage them. 
strengthen them, provide for them all that they need. Will you just provide the windfall, God, that they need? God, we just pray your touch and your anointing and for your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. so much for doing that. And so as we head out on this new endeavor this summer, we're moving to Costa Rica, working at the Missionary Formation School as the new directors. Um, God is speaking to us very clearly that it's going to be through prayer and intercession. And quite honestly, it is a skill that my wife and I need to develop more in our life. Uh, he just seems to put us in position, all of us, doesn't he, where he just wants us to grow a little bit more. Praise the Lord. How's that? Is that better? Very good. Turn with me this morning and the moments that uh, we have to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. The Gospel of John, chapter 20. And we're going to begin reading with verse uh, 19. The Gospel of John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. Now this morning I don't have any PowerPoint slides, but I do have several stories that I think are going to engage you in what it is that the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. How would you like to do something Mexican besides eat at a Mexican restaurant? And I probably just ruined the whole rest of the morning for you uh, because now you're thinking about, you know, that sounds pretty good. We might head over to, uh, I don't know, La Casita or somewhere. All right. Stand with me as we, uh, in Mexican fashion, read the Word of God standing. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, a second time. And as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Let's repeat that. As the Father hath sent me, even so I am sending you. Now notice that peace be with you comes right before that. As the Father is sending me, so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And following a verse that's difficult to understand, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And we'll just kind of go through that briefly this morning. Holy Spirit, make the book come alive to us today. May our attention be fixed and focused on the, the Spirit as you speak to us. Touch our ears and touch the lips of, of your servant this morning so that in this time we will know for certain that we have heard from the Spirit of the Lord, through the Word of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. This book that you and I hold in our hands or hold in our phone or 
have on our table at home it consists of actually 66 smaller books written by 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years. And yet, from the very beginning, the first book, the book of Genesis, to the end, the Revelation, when you put all the pieces together, it's the same story. In, in Latin, we call this missio dei, but it simply means the mission of God. And the mission of God is to restore man from his fallen condition of sin so that he can be restored or reconciled, if you might be, with his creator. And the story begins in the book of Genesis, and it winds through as we come upon the people of Israel. And then it moves into the, the prophets of the Old Testament. And every book is important because every book tells us about the mission of God in restoring people to their maker. Every book is important. But when we come to a, a place, a break, what we discover by looking at the Old Testament is that no matter how much God did for his people, they continually failed to fulfill his mission. They just continually failed. But the Bible tells us in Galatians 4.4 that in this sense of failure, at just the right time, God sent his son, Jesus. Born of a virgin and savior of the world. And this is what we call the gospel. How many of you have, have heard the word gospel before? It, it translates to good news. And the sense of good news is that a lost person can be reunited with his maker. And so that good news permeates the entire book, from Genesis to Revelation. And when you put all those books together, those 66 books, we have what we call what? The Bible. Very good. So let's move on. And so Jesus here in John chapter 20, he says to them, in the same way that the Father sends me, I am going to send you, like we heard in the prophetic word this morning, as we, we uh, heard in pastors' opening statements, as we sang in the songs, that God is raising up an army of soldiers. Now that's nothing to be afraid about. Because Jesus said, I'm going to send you in the same way that he sent me. But peace, peace be to you. And so not it's not a, it's not a, a scary thing to be a soldier of, a God, of God. It's... It's, it's an exciting invitation because we as soldiers in the kingdom of God can fight with peace in our heart. So I just want to briefly touch on three aspects about this, this sending. First of all, Jesus said, in the same way that he sent me, I am going to send you. And it really begins in what we call um, through the years, the Assemblies of God and other denominations, we've called this the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Basically, it is God commissioning his followers to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, do you know how many times that is repeated? 
Most of us think perhaps of Matthew uh, chapter 28, right? When he says, all authority has been given to me, right? Go you into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel and do what else? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what else? And teaching them to obey all things which I've commanded you. And so in missions conventions, we repeat that over and over because it's, it's so clear. But it's not the only time that it's spoken. In fact, we have, we have multiple examples in the, uh, the New Testament. For instance, at the end of Mark, Mark chapter 16, he says it in another way. Here in John chapter uh, 20, he says, I'm sending you. Over and over and over. And then in the book of Acts, we know the verse when he talks about, he says, this promise will be given to you and that power will come from heaven. And what? You will be my, what? Witnesses, beginning where? I think it says Pains, right? Painesville, Jerusalem, right? And then where? Judea, that might be, uh, I don't know, would that be Geneva or would that be Cleveland? I'm not sure. Depending on which direction you go. And then where else? Samaria, that might be Columbus. And then, and then it just leaves this open-ended invitation that says where? And to the end of the earth. The earth is round. And it simply means as far as you can go, you are going to be my soldier. You are going to be my representative. You can't go anywhere in this world to where my authority will not be endued upon you and you will preach the gospel, you will make disciples, you will baptize them, and I will be with you. Wow. And so the first thing we note is that Jesus said, in the same way that he sent me, I'm sending you. Now, was there any time in Jesus' ministry that the Father was not with him? Was there any time? And we have that moment on the cross, but even in that moment, the Father was there. There was no time. Now you say, in the same way that he has sent me, in the same way that God sent the Father, he is sending, in the same way that God sent the Son, he is sending me. I want to ask you a question. Is it unreasonable to think that there are, there are people in this who couldn't go to the ends of the earth and give their entire life for missionary service? There are people in this congregation. And God is going to send you. And I heard that there's a trip actually coming up in June to Honduras. That's right. What a great place to start. There, there actually might be some parents here fearful about letting their teenagers go to a place like Honduras. Now, we have four kids and I get that. But here's, here's the comfort. 
that no matter where they go in Honduras, Jesus will be with them. And not only will he be with them, he'll be speaking to them and through them. Isn't that great? And when they come back and they tell you about all the things that they saw and they did in Jesus' name, listen to them and sense if the Holy Spirit isn't beginning something new in their life, perhaps even missionary service. How many people, have you already taken sign-ups and it's already been rolling? How many in this room, raise your hand if you've signed up to, to go on that trip. I want to see your hands. Hold them up real high. Don't be, okay. Oh, wow, this is beautiful. Beautiful. So in the same way, thank you, you can put your hands down. In the same way that the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. So you're sent. I am sent. All of us are sent in the sense that we're to go. Now, secondly, the second way that we are sent is that we are sent with the Word. The Word. I asked, I asked uh, an associate of mine recently, I said, uh, how important is it that, that a missionary be familiar with the Bible? And he said, I, I think it's, it's pretty important. <laughs> how important is it that your pastor be familiar with the Bible? A little important, pretty important, or very important. <laughs> and he is. You know, there was a, a man by the name of William Townsend. William Townsend uh, felt called of God to go to the country of, of Guatemala. Uh, and so he told his pastor, I think I'm called to Guatemala. And, and I'm asking the church to send me. And his pastor said to him, he said, well, William, I want you to know we're going to pray for you, but we really don't have the funds to send you to Guatemala, or maybe we can get you there, but we don't really have the funds to sustain you while you're there. So they came up with this plan that while William would be in Guatemala, he would sell Spanish Bibles, and then he could live off the proceeds, Okay. And so at, at that time, William traveled to Guatemala with his cases of, of Bibles. It was quite an excursion back in those days. And when he got there, uh, he, was, he quickly discovered that at that time, many Guata, uh, Guatemalans, Alona, or Guatemaltecos, no, that's Spanish, Guatemalans, uh, still were not reading Spanish. Because of their Mayan heritage. In fact, he had one Mayan Indian say to him, he said, Mr. Townsend, if your God is so smart, how come he can't speak our English, our, Span our language? Mr. Townsend, if your God is so smart, why can't he speak our language? So William Townsend began to pray. 
And God gave him the idea that if he could find a Mayan Indian who could translate the Spanish Bible into the Mayan, they could begin teaching scriptures, the word, in Mayan. And it worked. And they did it over and over and over again. And in, as the years went by, they ended up translating the Bible into 500 Indian languages around the world. And as more years went by, as of today, they've translated portions of the Scripture in more than 5,000 languages of the world. And that ministry today is called Wycliffe Bible Translators. Wow, isn't that cool? Because in the same way that the Father sent the Son, He is sending us and He is sending us with the Word. And any missions endeavor that is going to be having bearing long-lasting fruit has to include the Word of God. Okay? It is important to feed the hungry. It is important to clothe the naked. It is important to visit the sick. It is important to do wells. It is, it is all those things. But those are, are there in order to ministry to, the, commit, uh, to the, the needs of those that are suffering and that the door of opportunity, as Paul says, might be open to me to preach the word. And so Jesus has sent us with his authority. He sent us with his word. And thirdly, he sent us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why in this passage, he said to them, peace be upon you. In the same way that the Father has sent me, so send I you. And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. That was, we, we don't really understand how that comes before the day of Pentecost, but it is what it is. And he wanted them to know that being sent not only required the word, but it required the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. There's a group of people who understand this. Years ago, there was a, and they still exist, but they're not as prevalent as they are, they were back then. They were called the Moravians. Moravians lived very in community, a lot like maybe the Amish might today. They had those anti- Well, anyway, the Moravians, these were people who lived in community and believed that their one purpose was to send missionaries around the world. And so people in the communities would live and work and share their meals together. And they would send out their young people in pairs to preach the gospel. And there was a group of young men who began feeling a burden for African-American slaves from Africa to the Caribbean islands. And so they presented the idea to their leaders, and the Moravians sent their young men 
to evangelize the African. Are we, are we still there? The only problem was that the slave traders didn't like that idea. And I said, you're not going to, you're not going to preach the gospel to the slaves. First of all, the slave traders didn't believe that, that, that the slaves were capable of responding to the gospel, which they could. But they didn't want these missionaries messing with the minds of their slaves. And so the only solution that they had was to put themselves on the trading block. And they sold themselves as slaves so that they could be with the slaves from then on. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. To do things which cause other people to say, wow. Anybody listening this morning? There are roughly 12,000 tribes Some would say more, up to 20. But there are still roughly 7,000 tribes in the world that need the gospel witness. And it is going to require the power of the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the word. And it's going to require people like these young people sitting in this bench or young couples like you, or middle-aged couples. I like to think we're still middle-aged. I'm not sure. My, my wife is still middle-aged. Or it's going to require power from retired couples like Wes and Wanda Kelly, who owned a multi-million dollar industrial construction company, had his own plane, had 350 employees, flew around the Southwest, and he decided one day, I have all I need. And he sold it all. And at 65 years of age, he approached the Assemblies of God World Missions Department and said, I want to be a missionary for as long as I can, starting at 65. And Wes and Wanda Kelly, for the next 12 years, built 80 churches, 23 schools, and a dozen orphanages. And they didn't even start until they were 65. And if you go to northern Mexico and you ask those Tarahumara Indians in the mountains, they'll tell you the greatest missionary ever to come from the United States was Wes Kelly. And he didn't even start 
until he was retired. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's a wow. That's a wow. In the same way that the Father has sent me, so send I you. You have his authority, you have his word, and you have his power. The only thing that is lacking is your yes. I'll go. Heads are bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to give an altar call this morning for people who say, I don't know what God is saying. I don't know. I don't. I can't discern it, but all I want to do is just, I want to say yes. Here am I. Send me, Lord, if you want. The musicians are going to begin playing. And I'm going to ask you just as they begin to play to come and just kneel over here at, these, at this altar or over here at these kneelers or this altar. And you're just saying, yes, Lord, send me. What he chooses to do is his business. But there are still thousands of people groups that haven't heard. And we need some more soldiers. How many will Painesville Assembly of God send? How many are willing to say yes? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're just telling God, yes, I'm willing. Peace be still. Everyone is praying right now. From the youngest to the oldest, if you want to be used in the mission field and you're just willing to say, yes, use me, I want you to get up out of your seat and just come and kneel. And I'd like, my wife and I would like to pray with you and his pastor and his wife. You just say, Lord, here I am, use me. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's Word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.